podcast. I am delighted to be here in person. Yay! You two wonderful ladies. <laughs> this is so cool. We've actually never done an in-person podcast before, mm-hmm. uh, but I can't think of a better guest. Can you? Definitely not. No. Okay, so I will not uh, barely lead any longer. We are here with Nia Renee Hill. Oh my gosh, yes. Welcome. <laughs> I'm so, I don't even know what that was. I'm just so excited to be here, and I'm your first in-person yes. like, podcast. Like, get, this is true this story. Is monumental. It is Everyone. monumental. And this it, is monumental. This will go down in history <laughs> as a very important podcast. It's going to go down in history as something, but I'm not it, sure yeah, what it is <laughs> yet. <laughs> we'll see. I know. Let me not get, get ahead of myself. We're literally 30 seconds into this thing. <laughs> well, if anyone's watching it at uh, YouTube that we do of this, you'll see there's like a million glasses on the table, which is usually a pretty good indicator of a yeah. party. Um, but I do have to say thank you because we this would not have happened in person if not for the enthusiasm that you showed us when, when we initially invited you. And you're like, I'll just come to Napa. Can yes. I come to Napa? Yes. Yes, exactly. Well, you gave me the option of either doing it virtually or coming to Napa. And I'm like, come on. I'm a 45-minute plane right away. I'm coming to Napa, obviously. I mean, the answer is always yes, I'm coming to Napa, right? Like, so. is there a different answer than that? I think it has to be. I think for 30-some shows, there's been a different answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. Touche, touche. No, this, and this is my second time in Napa. The first time I was in Napa was earlier this year at the Blue Note Jazz Festival. Yes. I had never been to Napa before. I've lived in California for 14 years. I had never been to Napa, which is a wow. crime. And now it's my second time, and it's... To be here with you guys on this podcast, like I'm so excited, I, thrilled. I'm so excited that you're here. It's really good to hear your voice and to see you in person because mm-hmm. I, for the last I don't know seven years, have been listening to you on your husband's podcast, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Bill Burr. But yes. you have been making huge waves on your own, doing your own thing, obviously mm-hmm. for much longer than seven years. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know. I feel <laughs> like you know I was kind of like out of the game a little bit, like having kids. You know, I had like. You know, my daughter, then three and a half years later, I had my son. So I do feel like there was a period in time when it was just kind of like no one heard from me, you know. And I've only recently started to do his podcast again. I've only done it like once recently. I think I took like a year or so off, Mm -hmm. you know. But I'm back. And I'm ready to just annoy him on the podcast. It's my favorite thing to do in life and on the podcast. So, but anyway, thank you for for saying that. You were always a breath of fresh air on the Monday morning podcast. Oh, thank you. Always a man. But you've had a a very long career before that. You've Mm -hmm. been in comedy for a long time Mm -hmm. as as a writer, producer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And now you're kind of doing this thing with like Michelin Guide. I'm seeing you on stages and around the country. And yeah, it's been it's been really amazing. So you know, all of our mutual friend Ryan Hilly at Michelin. I met him in 2018 in France with Bill and he came up and introduced himself and we stayed in touch over the years sort of I mean I think you know through social media like the way you stand and we he invited us to a couple like really amazing events that he put together and then like he just like hit me up and he was like I have this opportunity that I think will be perfect for you and I was like okay and it was so much fun to host in Orlando for that Florida reveal. It was like just to be there amongst the chefs and the restaurants and seeing them get the the recognition yeah. and the honors. Like it was just so fulfilling to me. Like I was just so excited. Like I was getting a star. You I know what I mean? It. Like and everyone was so supportive of each other and the vibe was just really positive. So it was great. So I'm I was happy to do it. I'm gonna do it again next month for the LA reveal and I'm Ooh. so excited for that. We were just talking about my 
wardrobe options because I don't know. I'm going to have to show you guys a picture after the podcast because I don't know if it's too much, but we'll see. In we'll LA? See. I don't think it's ever too much that's, in LA. That's also a very good point. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> well, you are very busy. I can't thank you enough for being here. And I won't keep your glasses empty for that much longer. Please. But I, I will say, you know, we're here talking today. This is an episode that I have wanted to do for a long time because I think as a wine professional, I've learned along the way how to serve wine and decant wine and mm-hmm. store wine through working at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. But like I get back to my family's home and they're like, I don't know what what wine goes in what glass and like mm. what's the proper temperature. And then the more that I do on like TikTok and Instagram, the more I learn that I think people really struggle with what to do after they get the wine home. Absolutely. Like, what happens now? Yep. What should we be doing? Like, yeah. Should I be putting it in the sunlight or should I like keep it in the shade? Like no and one how, seems to know. And how long to put it in a yes. decanter or some kind of vessel? Like how long is it supposed to breathe exactly that? I, I have no idea. Yeah. So. I think there's a lack of confidence by a lot of consumers totally. as to what to do. So I'm excited, too, that we're doing because this. Because wine yep. is so fancy. Like, I feel like people well. still think, <laughs> I mean, sure listen, we have, a, we have a variety. You know, I was no stranger to Two Buck Chuck in college. That was like, oh, let's have wine. It was always like the Two Buck Chuck. But I do feel like there is a, a certain level of, of, of fanciness or aspirational kind of um energy to wine totally. you know i think it's one thing to like go to the restaurant and get like a soda or water or an iced tea but if you order a glass of wine it's like what kind of wine like oh you're drinking wine mm-hmm. so you know things about wine to that i reply no but i enjoy drinking it so <laughs> i'm glad to be here too to learn about this stuff i'm glad you are too and i think one of the biggest misconceptions about wine is that you have to know about wine to drink wine mm-hmm. that's always kind of infuriated me that there there is this pretense and then mm-hmm. there is this you know, I think aspirational is one thing, but the pretense that's associated with wine has always frustrated me. I did not come from a wine drinking background. My parents weren't into wine. I didn't really drink it in college. And it really wasn't until later in life that I got into it. So it's become something that's really been a part of my life for a long, you know, 10 years now. But I didn't grow up with it. So I'm still learning along the way. And I love, I love helping people kind of get to right. a level where they feel comfortable and confident. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what we're going to do today. Love uh, it. You, f- you feel good? I feel good. I'm about to feel <laughs> a lot better. I have a feeling. <laughs> She's like, this is the longest I've been in Napa Valley without wine. Please. Come on, let's bring this Please wine out. All right. No, no, I'm excited. All right. Well, I do want to just jump in real quick. There's a couple things that have been happening in Napa Valley. Vanessa, I don't know if you've seen the drama. I've seen it. Napa drama? Oh, yes. Oh, I'm here for the Napa tea. I cannot wait. So much tea going on. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So, number one, we'll start. I'm just going to go through the list of, like, stuff that has been happening in the wine industry, which is, you know, we've been talking about, like, really positive things as of late. Mm -hmm. This episode, I feel like there's a lot of negative. Well, I guess it depends on who you are. Um, Yeah. The shade already. <laughs> it's a shady well, wine podcast. I, shady, I'm really, I'm really in the right place. Come on, let it. No, rip. wait till you hear the stories. You'll, okay, you'll understand. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. So drama number one. Um, you've heard of Sutter Home, I assume. Sure. Sure. Right. Big fancy. Um, mm-hmm. I guess not fancy wine, but you know they have. They yeah. sell a lot of wine, and therefore they are fancy. Famous. They have famous. commercials. Yes. They uh-huh. do things, and so that's owned by the Trocaro family, and um, the sun, the scion of Sutter Home wine empire Scion. this Scion. is like an episode of succession already no, for real <laughs> if only we that. had our own hbo show it would be great 
um, arrested on suspicion of drug, gun, assault, and assault weapon crimes. Are you effing kidding me? What? He's a gangster. He's a gangster. He's a wine gangster. He's a wine gangster. So Carlo Trincaro (laughs) has been arrested, which is like not great news for Napa Valley. And then on top of that, Tuck Backstoffer has also just like been in the news because he's being sued for like $5 million for basically stealing money from the winery like millions of dollars Wait, who is this person yeah so okay exactly okay so another another very famous name in the industry the mm-hmm. Beckstoffer name so mm-hmm. if you if you follow vineyards in Napa Valley you will have heard of Andy Beckstoffer he famously bought a bunch of land back in the 60s owns some of the most heralded vineyards in Napa Valley Tokalon Dr. Crane exa- Los Pedras George mm-hmm. III I mean like he is the guy that owns these vineyards so he's got a son Tuck Backstoffer, who started this winery and, and got some investment from outside sources and then proceeded to allegedly, we'll say allegedly so we don't get sued, yes. allegedly um, proceeded, according to this article, to uh, basically steal from the winery. So steal mm. money. And my favorite part of this article, this was great. So it alleged that he stole, I think, about $300,000 worth of things from the winery. Wow. One one of which was a $60,000 John Deere tractor, which he claimed, <laughs> this is great, he claimed burned in the 2017 glass fire yeah. and then proceeded to post an Instagram photo of him and his son on said tractor with the caption Sunday Fun Day. Stop it. I cannot no. make this up. Oh, my God. What? So he's dumb on top of all that. He mm-hmm. thought he was really doing something, stealing all this, like, hey, hey, hey. But see, social media will like, be the undoing of all of us. Steal, be stap- you know, steal a stapler or something, not the tractor. Yeah. Also, yeah. I really need to know how he stole a tractor with no one knowing as he's, like, oh. going down the street, like, super casual, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll be right back. And they're like, okay, sure, no problem. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe don't the know. tractor never made it to the winery because I'm hearing – I think, like, it's also been alleged that, like, some things were maybe some Got paperwork it. was, like, like some landscaping that was, was supposed to be for the winery actually happened at its home. So oh. there's just, you know, these boys behaving badly in Napa Valley. What mm-hmm. really irritates me the mm-hmm. most is, you know, there's already a stigma about Napa Valley that, you know, we're all these, like, rich, fancy people mm-hmm. yep. doing crazy things, spending all this money, and overcharging people for wine. Mm. And then things like this come out. Mm-hmm. And like, well... We're not exactly helping our case here. I think you guys should embrace the sexy, seedy underbelly <laughs> of Napa. I think there's a way that we can, like, you know, how do we, how do we, yeah, how do we make this a more like intriguing, like, like, sh- like I, I didn't know about the the dangerous world of Seriously. wine and wine investors and stolen tractors and like, you know, thoughtless Instagram posts. I'm just saying. I, Nia, I love that you're here for the rebrand. I I, like I'm here <laughs> for the rebrand. I want like the bad boy, a Napa, or maybe like the bad girl. You know, I don't know. I'm I'm just saying. I feel like there's an, an eight part Netflix like deep dive into this with you guys. As, I mean, like, Nia, you know, you know people. Like I do know people. Happen. Let's talk when we have dinner. Let's let's go over some ideas. <laughs> Yes. Boys behaving badly in Napa Valley. Mm. Um, yeah, so lots of lots of crazy things happening there. I also want to give a little shout out uh, to, uh, this is a non-Napa thing, uh, to the newly elected mayor of McMinnville in Oregon. Um, did you see this? I did not see this. Oh, Tell I me. love this. So, um, <laughs> so Remy Dropkin, who is a winemaker and also queer winemaker, has just been elected mayor of McMinnville. Amazing. So McMinnville is like the big town in Willamette Valley where, you know, all the, the Oregon Pinot is produced. Um, which is awesome. So I'm like, way to go, Remy. That's that awesome. is nice. wonderful. That is, that is what we call progress. So we took a few steps yes. backwards. 
<laughs> and like maybe one step forward. I love a multifaceted, like, you know, politician, winemaker. Like yeah. I just, wow. Yes. Incredible. See, I'm things. telling you, there's, there's, there's so much, there's so much colors and textures here. Yeah. So I'm much. coming, I'm coming back to Napa cause this is, this is too good. Well, if you want one more piece of tea, did you see about uh, our friends at Southern Glaciers? Oh, I sure did. <laughs> I did some real deep dive on this. I this sure did. Yeah. So are you familiar with the three tier system here in the United States? No. Okay. So it's real, it's a real gem that we've got post prohibition. So the three tier system basically ensures that the wineries have to go through uh, a middleman in mm -hmm. order to get your wine. So if you are in like the state of Arkansas, um, as a retailer, you have to buy through a distributor. Okay. So it's this three tiers that it has to go through. So it starts at the winery, then you've got the middleman, which is the distributor, then you've got the retailer, and then you as a consumer can go and buy that wine. Mm -hmm. Now, what has happened for the last, I don't even know how many years, uh, there, there's, a, you know, I'm not going to call it a monopoly, but a monopoly on the distribution <laughs> system in some mm -hmm. regard um, with uh, Southern Glaciers and then another one called RNDC. And Southern Glaciers, which is the biggest distributor in the United States, um, they have just been... Um, in, what would you call that? Invaded? Not invaded. Investigate. In well, well, they. I think they are, their office was raided. raided. Their office was raided, raided yeah. by like the FBI. Raided yes. by the IRS. The IRS. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. Somebody's um, moving some money around and yeah. doing some funny things and wasn't with the funds. There something too about that they were charging different prices of the same products to like different. Yeah. entities which is a no-no also yes. in the wine business yes. yeah so yeah part of this whole like three-tier distribution and like this is this is maybe a conversation that we should have for like another day because i think it that, could be a whole episode truly a whole episode because it just infuriates me to no end oh my god um, the sleazy side I of the know. wine business really so just sexy. digging into the underbelly today <laughs> <laughs> no i remember watching, show writes itself my husband and i would watch a lot of that show american greed it's like yes but they had a couple of episodes about people who would like have fraud wine mm. they would like raid people you know these guys home it's always like a dude that's like posturing around town like you know wowing everyone with his wine collection and this and that and the knowledge and they go in his house and it's like a bunch of like bottles with no labels on yes. them and like fake labels like hanging up like they're being dried well, this outside has happened. on the I line mean, this is, you know? no, this was, so this was that was Rudy Kinnear one mm. um, okay that, that, was that, his, that was his story yeah he also was just released from jail and I think maybe sent back to where he came from okay yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> Unclear. Uh, although I did, I actually did recently overhear uh, someone's conversation, and someone said Rudy is getting back into the game. I cannot. Wow. Wait, what game are we talking about Un here? Unclear. Wine game, the, the fraud and crime Sexy, game, dirty, <laughs> or like pickleball? Like what game? Mysterious <laughs> wine game. I mean, it's too, it's too sexy to stay away from. It's calling his name. It's bringing him back. It's kind of like when the Tinder swindler. Did yes. you guys watch that I on Netflix? I love the Tinder swindler. It's like when his ass went back on like dating apps. It's like you yes. just can't stay away from the apps. Yes, that's exactly what it's like. So. Well, speaking of pickleball, wouldn't you love to see a Wait, match what? <laughs> between Rudy Kurnirawan and, and like Tuck Backstuffer and Carla Trincaro? Um Doesn't that sound great? Yes. Pickleball? I think that sounds great. Let's pickleball. make that happen. I've heard of pickleball. Yeah. I've, what is that? I'm, Can you just tell me briefly I'm what 0% athletic, but mm -hmm. uh, I think pickleball is it's, some sort of like a racket ball situation. It's oh, like, okay. Yeah. Sort of tennis, but it's not tennis. I know, you're I, not I talking know. to two athletes here, so. No, right, right, <laughs> you're asking right, the right, wrong right, gals, right. okay? Yeah. We're, we're athletic when it comes to troubles of the and wine. wine podcast <laughs> industry. <laughs> yes, very you good. Know. Well, okay. you didn't know that you were getting a concept for a, an eight part miniseries. This is a very inspiring podcast for no, me. I don't know about you guys, but I just, the ideas are flowing <laughs> for me. Mm -hmm. Speaking yeah, of flowing, 
when are we drinking? I know. I'm I try not up. to be impatient and be like a fiend because I'm really not a drinker like that, like we've talked about. But like, I'm also just like, how am I just these empty? I know. It's so sad to me. Well, because I really need to, we need to show how this all happens. Okay, so, okay, okay, okay. I'll be patient. Um, be patient for like 30 more seconds because okay. I have to remind everyone to like and subscribe and review this podcast. Mm-hmm. If you're listening or you're watching or whatever you're doing, it really helps us, gives a rating, gives a review. And then potentially what could happen is the following. We will read said review like I'm about to do right now, mm-hmm. which is from Tyler ONG who said, love the NDA wine episode. Me too. Did you like that one? Yes. I do too. <laughs> um, I bought NDA wines from Wine Access over the past years, but haven't tasted them yet. I'm excited to give them a try after learning more about how NDA wines come to be. Great episode. Cool. Thanks, Look Tyler. Look at that. Oh, Look at doing the good things. Yay. Good Snaps job, for us. Girls. Thank you so much. Um, and of course, if you are not, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not watching it or vice versa, this is available in multiple formats so you can watch it and listen. Mm-hmm. Um, without any further ado, Nia, for God's sakes, let's get you some wine. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna kick it off with wine storage, but I think in order to talk about that, we have to open this champagne, which is um, potentially at like a the kind of right temperature. Yeah, it's a little warmer than I had intended. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. <laughs> it was a are, long we drive. In, we are in a oh yes, you, you drove with it, but we're also in a in a a temperature controlled setting, correct? Because we've got. Oh, this we are. Year. It's a good point. We haven't pointed out, and that's that's on me. So we're actually here at the Dakota Shy Winery right now, which one of we, my faves, one of my faves as well. It's we've so had, beautiful. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. I and recommend nicest this place people. Often. The this, nicest this, people. This lighting is also extremely flattering. So I can just tell you girls right now, <sighs> we're gonna be you know. popping off the screen. So this is champagne. Champagne should be served a little on the colder side for a couple of reasons. Uh, one of which you may or may not know, which is the colder you get a champagne, the less likely it is to pop out of the, the bottle. Oh, There's I There's a lot of pressure in that bottle. Yeah. Okay, but see, when I open, I'm going to see how you do it. Okay. But I always do it the like, you know, you just hold on to the top and then you twist the bottle. And so you eliminate that possibility from happening. Like, yeah, isn't that what Renee you're supposed to do? Hill, you walked that what you're supposed this to podcast do? as if you were like, I don't know. I'm not sure. You know. You <laughs> See, I, because I'm what I'm doing is I'm playing into like the bad girl mm-hmm. of wine. Uh-huh. Like, see, this is all I'm I'm, I'm figuring it all out as no, I go along. No, you downplayed it. But no, no, no. But that's how, but I learned somewhere that that's how you're meant to open it, Correct. so that yes. you're not scared. Because everyone around me was always like ah ah ah, like having this like overly exaggerated reaction to like a champagne bottle is about to be opened. I was yeah. like, this is the most beautiful sound you will ever hear. It's like beautiful, it's, it's, but it's, can it's, be dangerous. But can be dangerous mm-hmm. again. Is a danger to yeah. this? Yeah. Yeah. The theme Ooh. of this week's episode is danger. Ooh, if we make it out of this episode danger. alive, wine, we'll be lucky. Well, I guess it's mm-hmm. on me because I'm about to open <laughs> yeah. this champagne. Yeah. This, like, this like semi like cold enough champagne. So um, when it's so when it's not, you have to get it nice and cold so that it doesn't pop and fly yes. and take someone's eye out. Yeah, I mm-hmm. mean you don't have to, but it definitely prevents the cork from like really shooting out. So you want to get it nice and cold. Champagne should really be served between like. 40 and 45 degrees. Okay. Um, that's, it's the coldest of the wines that you should serve. White wine, maybe a little bit more than that. And then red wine, about 55 to 60 degrees, depending on your preference. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? I do. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I, I mean, I drink a lot of full-bodied whites at that same temperature too. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. do you have separate, like, 
fridges for all your various, because I'm like thinking about my little piddly wine fridge that also has like sparkling water in it and like kids juice boxes, but there's wine also. But I'm like, I'm, am I keeping it at the wrong temperature because there's several different things in there. There might be like an old bottle of Grey Goose in there as well. <laughs> Woo! Yay! That's not what you're supposed to do. Hey. <laughs> oh, but it's got a little... She's got a kick. <laughs> yeah. She's excited. It did ride up, up in the car with me, so, yeah. It's I can't, okay. I can't it's say it. It's down my sleeve. Okay. It's a rental. <laughs> but, yeah, so do you have, you keep your different wines and champagnes in different places, no? For, like, optimal so, taste or what have here's, you? The marketers will have you believe that you need a separate wine fridge for all your wines, mm. right? Like, mm-hmm. you read about, like, all these dual temperatures. And, like, there's... There's two ways to answer this question. One is like storage and one is serving, okay. right? So if you're storing your wines, you really want them at about 55 degrees. Okay. And that's kind of across the board. And that's for like long-term storage. Like we're talking, I'm going to age my wine for a year to 50 years. Consistency is key when it comes to wine. Did you say a year to 50 years? Mm-hmm. did. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Well, speaking of 50 years, it's been 50 years since you drank. So let me get you Yeah, started. it has <laughs> been. Let's go. <laughs> Thank you so much. So I am, for those not watching, I am. I, I gave Nia three different wine glasses. And I know we're talking about storing wine, but we're actually going to skip to uh, serving wine right now because mm-hmm. we're thirsty. Um, so I gave you three different glasses because which one would you have picked? Naturally, I would go towards this, like, beautiful, sexy champagne flute mm-hmm. um, because I feel like that is what you're supposed to drink champagne out of. Yes. So I would I would go for this okay. first. The champagne flute is a totally appropriate glass for champagne. Mm-hmm. The issue with the champagne flute is that it doesn't offer much in the way of aroma or taste. So great to see your bubbles, but mm. you can't, like when you're talking about really great champagne, you want a little bit more room for that champagne to kind of move around. Okay. And so a white wine glass or even something like, uh, we have, this is sort of an in-between mm-hmm. here, this is like a tulip glass. Okay, I can't commit. The program is get more the right preferable one. to a champagne flute. So I always tell people, if you're drinking a sparkling wine that's more than like $30, don't use a champagne flute. You kind of wasted your money otherwise so if you're drinking dom like please yeah. put it in a white wine glass because you're not going to get the full effects of that the champagne flute was really designed to showcase the bubbles uh-huh. it wasn't designed to yeah. showcase so you the can see wine. so it's aesthetics it's not yeah. but it's not like really practical so what are we putting in it instead like the mimosas yep the key Mimos- royales exactly. <laughs> yeah oh. so great for like prosecco celebratory things toasting mm-hmm. but in terms of like actual enjoyment of wine if you're spending money on champagne do yourself a favor and put it in a wine glass. And so I poured you three different, the same champagne and three different wine glasses because I wanted to show you the difference between glasses mm-hmm. and what it can do for the champagne. So um, taste it out of all three. Yes. And, you know, I feel like we've really accelerated the process of you drinking by giving you three glasses, so you're welcome. <laughs> I'm here for it. Yes, mm-hmm. thank you. Um, I feel like even just between the champagne flute and the, I'm calling it the white wine glass. You call it a tulip. White, white wine glass is fine. A white tulip. Wine. I already feel like the tulip made it a little bit more like open. Yes. Is that correct? Exactly. Yes. I do feel yep. like there was a tightness in here that I have never noticed before. Mm. So now we're about to go with the big boy. You're going to go with mm-hmm. the big boy. So it's about to get real, real yes. open. Yeah. <laughs> And we talked a little bit about this on our champagne episode, which was season season two, episode one. one. 
Um, so this is also a very appropriate glass to drink out of. So you've got a Bordeaux glass going on here. Mm-hmm. I feel like I like this the best. Okay. So very interesting. A lot of <laughs> a lot of wine pros do. They do? Yes. Oh my god, I'm a wine You're pro, you so guys. So sophisticated. <laughs> <laughs> and don't Killing you feel it. like a lot of restaurants now have have switched like yes. uh, there are many places now that I, I go and they don't even have flutes anymore correct yeah wow yeah most most Lutless. of your most wine if you order a bottle of nice champagne at a restaurant that is respectable uh they will probably give you by default a white wine glass <sighs> or they might ask right give at least give you the sure. option they yes. will give you the option yeah. i think uh yeah some places will just kind of bring it and then you, if it, most places still have champagne flutes i don't think we've completely rendered them obsolete but mm. It's, you know, in terms of getting the most bang for your buck, like you want it in a bigger glass. Is your mind blown right now? It tastes different. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's the same wine. Wait a minute. 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 I think so taste I feel like I'm and like smells different, challenge, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Much more yeah. aromatic in a, in a larger glass like that in your Bordeaux glass. Than I don't like flute. it as much. There you Out go. of the champagne I flute. like it in the bigger glass. Isn't that wow. wild? Wow. Glasses. Mm. They do matter. Um. <laughs> they do matter. It's true. Wow. That's actually, that is amazing. Yeah. I love so it. So there you go. So now, now you've, you've experienced the, the wonders of how to adjust your glasses to adjust your wine. So a lot of people who don't really like a wine, like, so I, I hear this all the time. We're like, oh, I didn't like the wine. Change the glass. Try mm. changing the glass before you t- completely dismiss the wine. Mm-hmm. A lot of times the glass can change, not just for sparkling wine, but for all wines across the board. Glassware is very important. Oh my God. And you know what I've noticed? I was thinking of this earlier. When you go to European countries, oftentimes they'll give you wine in just like a very simple little, like, like a tumbler. Glass, like a little tumbler, exactly. Yeah. They're not doing like the big, and I've often wondered if that changes anything or if there's a reason for it or if it's just like maybe an economic thing or. I but I like, I like pouring wine in a little glass because it makes me feel as if I'm uh, a sophisticated European lady, mm-hmm. you know, just spending the afternoon drinking wine and then running off with my lover. That's what it makes me feel like. So <laughs> I, I go I for the tumbler, but I actually don't know the reason why. Is I, there a reason? I think there's two things. I, I think any vessel that you use, if you're getting the wine into your mouth is is still fine. Yeah. So I Okay, so I think there are there are things that can help mess with the quotes on this podcast. <laughs> I think it can accentuate your experience, but then I think there's also a difference between like cuz you said I think you know maybe you go and you sit at a bistro in Europe and you yes. it's not meant to be a serious wine that you're going to collect and store. So I think mm. there's also a difference sometimes between like oh, I'm just going to like this is a glug glug, you know, right. easy right, right, drinking. Right, right. I don't need to think that hard about it mm-hmm. versus something that you're like, wow, I really want to dig into this glass. And this is a serious wine or so in, in that case I'd say yeah like try try a nicer uh, glassware but yeah I, I'm not gonna hate on a tumbler but Me I neither. like what you said earlier like you said if you don't like the one like try a different glass like mm-hmm. that's so I, I've never heard that before and I have I feel like I have a lot of people in my life that are like I don't really like wine mm-hmm. and I think for a minute there I had a similar feeling where I just I just wasn't like connecting to it. I didn't really know the differences. Um, when my husband was drinking, we would drink Barolo because we really now that's yes. a very rich, full-bodied wine. Am I correct? It's a very intense wine. Very intense, yeah. and so but we really loved it. But at the end of the day, my preference for wines are usually like a little bit easy, like more drinkable. And I and I like if it's if it's not a glass of champagne or rosé or sparkling rosé, 
I tend to want like a lighter kind of wine. Mm. I don't know how we got on this topic. I don't know, but you said rambling. you said that you like Barolo, and I was like, oh, that tracks. I was like, he's kind of why? Because uh, like Barolo is like kind of like an angry wine on the outside. They're very soft on the inside. <laughs> oh my god! Wait, like, can we please talk about wine personalities? I know we're we're we're, we're doing we're talking about the, the the vessels. You said like Vanessa said vessel, whatever vessel you choose. I'm like, I kind of <laughs> got a little me. tingle. I was like, oh, I like the way she said that. Um, two sips in, and I'm already lit. Um, but that's so interesting. Yeah. It's, it's Look at it's you like, subbing up my, my husband in a well, wine. you know, you <laughs> listen to him for enough weeks on end. You're like, all right. Yeah. Well, yeah, the yeah, other, like, the other funny out. part is, like, his anger reminds me a lot of my boyfriends. Um, <laughs> but he's just kind of, like, a saucy inside. But I, yes. I do feel like Barolo, like, it's a very, like, intense, like, angry wine. But then mm. you get into it, and it's like, it's soft, and it's soothing, and it feels good. And it pairs a lot of things. Like, surprisingly, you're like, I, that shouldn't pair with as much as it does. But like, You just described our entire relationship. You just <laughs> described our whole our whole. Well, portion. I'm available for $150 <laughs> an hour as your future wine bearer. That angry, <laughs> intense wine that is, like, very sexy, though. And then, like, you get into it. It's like, oh, yes, there's, like, layers to this. Yes. Oh, I like that. Part of what I enjoy so much about champagne is the bubbles, and I feel like mm -hmm. I don't have them anymore. Well, yeah, that yeah. gets What's back to why people that? like this, because actually, look, Amanda just reported me, and look, that's, that is beautiful. Mm -hmm. I, I do, and that. I, I'm not going to say that it's flat, but I wear my bubbles. They do dissipate faster to bigger glass. Aha! The drawback. So, mm -hmm. Let's yes, talk about the cons. But, okay, so here's the thing. There is, a, there is a drawback, but what I will say is that, and we've talked about this in our other episode, we talked about decanting champagne. We did. Right? So I don't, you may not know this. So you can decant champagne, and mm -hmm. the reason you would do that is to sort of, you said it was more open, right? Mm -hmm. So it, yeah. would, it would be to mm -hmm. open it up, to flesh it out a little bit, to allow those bubbles to dissipate because CO2 is a weak acid. Okay. So if you let that CO2 go by the wayside, you actually allow that wine to open up and get a little bit more textured. So if you're trying to pair a champagne with a dish that has a little bit more richness, you can decant it or put it in a bigger glass mm. so that it can match that richness of the dish. Ooh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there would be a reason for drinking it out of that glass. And some people don't really love the bubbles in champagne. Some people really love champagne more as a still slightly effervescent wine than with the actual bubbles. Well, and I think we talked about this on our champagne episode, but if you actually let it go flat, it can just taste like a great white burgundy. And that's right. fine too. Mm -hmm. It doesn't right. mean that the wine is, the champagne is ruined when it's yes. flat. It can still taste really delicious. So this is really interesting to me then because although, yes, I think I am getting the flavor of the champagne more with it being in this big glass, I feel like the middle ground is going to be the tulip so that I can get mm -hmm. my effervescence that I like, mm -hmm. my little zesty bubbles while also having it be a little bit more open. I feel like I would, I very rarely would drink champagne with a meal. I don't know why. It doesn't oh, feel like a mm. meal. Oh, You oh. just haven't spent enough time with us. That's oh, the, you guys just look really sad. Like, oh, <laughs> you poor thing. That you hurts. don't know the joys yeah. of yeah. drinking like, champagne with a meal. I guess I know what we're drinking with dinner tonight. <laughs> yeah, please put me on. Okay, all right. So this is good to know. I'm still mm -hmm. gonna drink it, but yeah, I. Is it just me or the bubbles gone? No, the bubbles no, have definitely right. dissipated, and that is a drawback. Womp, womp. If, if you love the bubbles, that is a drawback. So it's something to know when you're serving okay. champagne. You know, the, the, the Bordeaux glass is lovely, but I do think when you're serving champagne, the tulip glass in general is the superior glass. That's what I that's what I use at yeah. home. Fair yeah. enough. And Fair to, enough. I think to be this is so I'm using the Riedel over on this side. We've got the Riedel Veloce series, and this is the Sauvignon Blanc glass, although to me it looks like a tulip. It definitely looks like a yeah. tulip to me. Yes. So whatever, Riedel. The um, first time I ever heard of Riedel, sorry, it's a little fly. Yeah. Um, I was, I used to work at a like home goods, a furniture and home goods store in Boston. I went to Emerson for college. I'm from Boston originally, and I well, I grew up in Atlanta, but I went back to Boston 
for college and I worked in it and they had Riedel glasses and I had never heard of them before and they just looked so fancy mm-hmm. but they were just like so light and just like delicate and pretty and you know I had all these thoughts in my mind I'm like I'm gonna have every single like wine glass because I just thought it was like the height of fanciness and sophistication and how do you feel now I mean, listen, I'm throwing, you know, the shit in a tumbler. I'm, I'm putting it in my, you know, my daughter's, like, Elsa mug. So I'm really just out here like an animal. Shout out but, to Elsa. <laughs> <laughs> but I will try to, I will try to, to step it up now because I, I have a very incomplete wine situation in terms of, I'm sorry, wine glass situation mm. at my home. It's just kind of like, there's this one and there's this one. Like, I don't have a full set. Like, my, my goal in life, my only goal in life is to have the kind of like servingware, dishware, glassware that would make Martha Stewart like cry in her Bentley on the way home because she's failed to live up to what I have going on. And I'm not there wow. yet. <laughs> and I need you guys to help me to get there. I need you to come to LA and just like assess my shit. And then we're gonna do we're gonna do a whole wine glass makeover. Okay, another I'm, show idea. I'm very I'm very Thank into you. all of this. Mm-hmm. Yes, why don't we have that? That is a reality TV show for sure. Um, so okay, pimp so my wine cellar. Pimp my. <laughs> Wait, oh can we can we can we cheers God. to that? Yes, I'm sorry, yes. that was good. Cheers, that was good. Cheers, cheers my yeah. dear. Excellent, excellent. God, we are crushing all of these TV show ideas. <laughs> crushing it. Wait. wait. I'm just crushing the champagne. I don't just know. Crushing the champagne. <laughs> Real quick though, speaking of like pimp my wine cellar, mm-hmm. I have I have a I have another hot take. I had an earlier oh, off air mm-hmm. hot yes. take where I questioned like truffles. We won't get into that. Um, but in terms of wine storage, I feel like those clear wine walls that you see on every like like real estate yeah. show house on every fucking house on you know selling sunset or whatever the clear one that's like in the middle of the room i think that shit is so dumb i feel like it's so corny and it's just like look at my lines it's like yeah. put me, it in a, me a put it in a, a, a cave where it belongs like put it in there like put it in a, in a dark cold place Ugh. girl after my own because we all know you're not <laughs> drinking any of that shit. You're just like, look at me. I have like 40 bottles of booze. It's a Great. trophy case. It's a trophy case. Yeah. I feel like it's lame. And I just feel like it doesn't add anything to the... Why is that such a selling point? Why do people think that's so incredible? It is a classic example of someone who knew absolutely nothing about wine who mm. inside, installed mm-hmm. a wine cellar. Because the one rule when it comes to wine storage is that it should not be ever in direct sunlight. Yes. And those wines are always... They're always in these in direct big sunlight glass in like boxes Malibu. of houses. Exactly. And they're just mm-hmm. like... It's, it's literally there just to show off the fact that you have yes. wine. But are you drinking this wine? It's like you're not. You're you're no. just having it there. Mm-hmm. I don't no, it's know. Just, it's it just really the crappy me. Oppenheim group wine that they have in there. Seriously. I've Those... not tried it, but I hear bad things. Yeah, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm not yeah. into it. Anyway, sorry for no. all of you that no, have good wine walls, I think but a, I'm just letting you know I'm not here for it. It's a great observation. I think it's a good segue back into storing wine and, mm-hmm. like, how you actually should store it. So mm-hmm. the rule of thumb with wine is wine should be, sh- well, my rule of thumb is wine is like a mushroom. It wants to be in a dark, cool, slightly humid space. Mm-hmm. So okay. if it's good for a mushroom, it's good for a wine. And so you want it either in a wine fridge or a wine cellar, mm-hmm. preferably not on a wall where it's exposed to lots of sunlight, which is bad. Um, Vanessa, you've 
got like a wine room kind of like a converted I do I place. do but I wanted to say I, I used to live in New York City as you know yes. and I definitely did not have room for a cellar <laughs> <laughs> what I mean barely have room yeah. for your shoes yeah yes. um so so when I was there I used to just put my wine in like the my closet was the furthest away from the radiator and mm-hmm. as you if you've had a radiator in New York you often don't get to control when it turns on and <laughs> off right you're just yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You go from like the Arctic chill of like walking down the street from the subway into the sauna. It's like, will I ever be comfortable in the city? Exactly. Will I ever be comfortable? It's always trying to kick you out. Yeah, truly. Yeah. So the best I could do is I put it all the way across the room in my closet, like at the bottom, because it's dark. It's the darkest Mm. place I could think. So I was missing humidity, but this is when I was like, you know, just just getting into wine and and all that. But um, yeah, so I have at my house, because I don't have a cellar uh, or a basement, but I have a whole uh, bedroom that I've converted into a wine room. So it has its own. Get s- out of here. No, it has. Those girls are like, this bedroom is my closet. Is, or is, this is for my shoes. Yeah, right, no, yeah, yeah. This no. Is, this is for my wine. This is for wine. So it has its own separate um, air conditioning units. So we can stay cold. It can stay oh humid. But yes, yes, this is what I've this is what I've done. I, I love that. You. I love that for you. It's the de- yeah, I love it for you, too. It, it's um, the dedication to it that, that I'm really <laughs> impressed by. It's, it's the taking up of, of precious real estate where some address could be hung in order yeah. to have that wine needs to understand how beloved it is in your life but I, I think you bring up a good point and I think for those who don't have the space I don't have the space personally the closet storage hack is great mm. and the other thing that I always tell people is like when your wine arrives you know especially if it's like from wine access it often comes in like the styrofoam yep. mm-hmm. right which is very insulating so mm-hmm. just leave it in that box oh Leave it in. The, don't take it out. Leave it in that box. Where were you two weeks ago when I got that box and I just took it out and I was like, "Wee!" and then just stuck it. Where'd you put it? Okay, so <laughs> I put it. <laughs> that was an interesting pause. I have a pantry. I have okay. a pantry, and I put it in the pantry. Now, when we moved into this house. The pantry has a little, you know, the little holes where you stick the bottles of wine in. So that's already filled with stuff that I don't even really know what it is. So the wine access wines are like on the counter. So um, yeah, so they're in the pantry. Okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna storage shame you. There's a please don't. I, I won't. I won't. I won't be able to take it. Mm-mm. I'll never be able to show my face in Napa again. There's no um. shaming on this podcast ever. Um, no. So but yeah, it's it's out of direct sunlight. Which is great. So the it's pro- underneath like the microwave. <laughs> I mean, less ideal, but fine. Um, okay. So the kitchen is kind of like, for me at least, you know, I I don't know how much do you cook. Is the stove going a bit? Um, I don't cook that much. Okay. Let's just say. So most, you know, for people who use their kitchens. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. The kitchen um, does get mm-hmm. used. For people, you know, most of the time that kitchen is kind of like changing temperatures a lot right mm-hmm. the oven's going on it's heating up it's cooling down one of the other things that wine really hates is a, is a change in temperature yep. so let's say that you can get your room down to 55 but it's okay. going to swing up to 75 mm-hmm. your best bet is to find a consistent temperature versus the lowest temperature so okay. a room that it's or a place where mm. it's going to stay rel- even if it's 75 a room even if it's a little warm as long as it's not like 90 yeah yeah, yeah. I'm okay, okay with it I yeah. 100% agree with you yeah. I think even okay. if it's not ideal temperature if it's stable temperature it's better yes I think you're exactly right yeah okay. yeah so which is why like uh the styrofoam box in a closet in a basement somewhere that's the ideal place like you want to keep the wine 
as cool as you can, but as consistent as you can. Like that's. I thought ideal. I was meant to have it out and show it off, a la a wine wall on you know selling sunset. Am I not meant to like display it? Like behold, you are impressive I mean, enough. Okay. Okay. You're right. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Vanessa. <laughs> yeah. No. That. 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 The, the styrofoam or whatever it is, the storage that it came in is in a recycling plant in Irvine by now. So that's that's it. Unless you can send me I guess me we'll just have some. to send you another box. I guess you'll just have to, and I can store it correctly, and I'll put it on Instagram so I can show that I've learned something here. I mean, I've already learned so much, but all right. Yeah. Good to know. So, Good so to there's know. a styrofoam Consistent. box. There's a, there's a separate room, and then mm -hmm. there's, of course, wine fridges, which I will say, I feel like the wine fridge situation is not a great one. Like, I was home at my parents' house, and they've got two wine fridges. No wine fits in those wine fridges. None. Yeah, they I, are the I wrong, think they're the wrong designed, size for every bottle. They're designed poorly. Absolutely. I don't understand I would it. agree with that. And I think that's probably why, in addition to the fact that I don't drink that much wine, I think that's why it's mostly like sparkling water mm. and like, you know, yeah, organic all, Capri Suns Because a Gerald Shiner is all that fits in there. It's <laughs> yeah, infuriating. Yeah, yeah, that's truly what it so. is. And I, like I said, I think there's a bottle of vodka in there and it's like, that's not supposed to go. I mean, that goes in the freezer for sure. But, but with champagne though, you were talking earlier about, about keeping it as cold as possible, which is why it's always in a bucket of ice when it comes to you at a restaurant or a hotel or yes. something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so okay. you do you do want to serve champagne on the colder side. White wines can be, like I said, a little bit warmer. And then red wines, you want to be between 55 and 60, which is generally what you're storing it at. Mm -hmm. um, but you could, you know, if you had one big wine fridge or one wine room, you don't have to separate those out. They can all be at the same temperature. It's just when you get to the serving that you want to change that. So let's say you've got Vanessa's room and you've got champagne, which I'm sure she has tanker loads of. Yes. Um, you've got a little Chardonnay. You've got some Cabernet. It can all stay at 55 or 60 mm -hmm. degrees in there. Okay. When you want to serve that, just yank that champagne out and put it in the freezer for 20 minutes or in the fridge for an hour. It is okay to put champagne in the freezer mm -hmm. for a little bit. For a little bit. Yeah. yeah. It'll explode if you leave it too long. But yeah. God. Just don't forget it. Set a timer. Yeah. Set, set a timer. <laughs> set a timer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So... I'm just making notes for my husband for when I when I go back and I demand the larger house. So it mm. needs a, a wine room, we're it, saying a wine room. I mean ideally. Okay, good. No, I'm gonna tell yeah. them that you guys told me. So. Okay, okay, yes. Tell I don't them. think the wine is gonna stop arriving to your house. Oh good. Good, so. good, good. I need a honey, I need a place to put all this wine. Yeah. I'm just practicing what I'm gonna say to him. Okay, <laughs> yeah. great. Thanks, guys. Um okay, so we've we've covered how to store wine, serving wine, uh, we've covered glasses to some extent. Although I, I will say, like, you know, you talked about getting beautiful glasses that would make Martha Stewart cry. Mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. we can we can set you on that path by just setting you up with like the to me there's like three glasses that you need, right? You could start with just an all purpose glass, which mm -hmm. is just like your white wine glass, mm -hmm. but a Bordeaux, a Burgundy, and a white wine glass. That's okay. kinda all you need. Everything else is sort of superfluous. Like God bless Riedel, but like I don't need a Viognier glass. They have a lot <laughs> of glasses. A lot. Like that's I what do I do not need one for every variety. Was, like so many glasses. So many. You need and a then no, you have a stemless glass. You need a room just well. for your glasses. You yeah, need a wine room and a glass room. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm just mentally adding that to the list. Glass room. Yeah. Uh, why so many? Um, I think because they've just... Because people will buy them? Yeah. Um, that I think part. they've just run out of things to do. I think they're bored. Um, mm -hmm. you, truly, like, if you look at any restaurant, most restaurants will have those three types of glasses. Mm -hmm. A white wine glass, a burgundy glass, a Bordeaux glass. In your Bordeaux glass goes all of your Bordeaux varieties. So is that this? That's that. Mm -hmm. And we're going to drink one in a second. So Yay. it's your Cabernet, Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Franc, Merlot, Petite Syrah, Malbec. Those are what, so, and also, I don't know if you noticed, so this is a Bordeaux bottle, right? So yep. it's this like vertical the bottle. The shape, yeah. The shape of the bottle tends to mimic the glass that it's going to go in. 
So I'm going to show you. This, so this is a burgundy glass right here. It's a little fatter base, mm -hmm. right? So fatter at the bottom, then it sort of tapers off at the top. I love the shape of that glass. Yes. I, that's very appealing. Every time I see a glass like that, I just like it. I think yeah. I like the bottom heavy of it because this is where your barola goes in right and i think mm -hmm. it also like reminds me of myself just like a bottom heavy <laughs> yet elegant person Ooh. so I'm, I'm drawn to it i, like it I mean that. i don't know how elegant i am but yeah. i'm definitely bottom heavy yeah okay. narrow, narrow waist narrow heels i'm into it <laughs> yes um, for sure so the burgundy the burgundy glasses for all of your burgundy varietals so chardonnay pinot noir anything light-bodied red and full-bodied white is a burgundy glass okay and it also mimics the shape of the bottle and then we have a champagne bottle here which is sort of burgundy-esque but you'll see a burgundy bottle so the bottles that your pinot and your chardonnay come in they look different than this bottle here which is your bordeaux bottle you'll okay. notice they have they kind of flare out on the side oh. so the bottles do tend to mimic the glass if you're ever confused about which glass you should use, look at the shape of the bottle. Oh. Vanessa, what are some of your favorite glass producers, wine glass producers? Are you a I like Sophie and Vault. Oh, yeah, Sophie and Vault's good. A lot. I like yeah. Gabriel Glass, mm -hmm. too. Uh, and, I, you know, I like I like Riedel. I just don't need all of the Riedels. Right. Yeah. yeah. How do we feel about stemless wine glasses? I, mm. <clears throat> Ooh. Mm. So here's the deal. Those faces. I, I won't. When, when someone I goes... After you ask them a question, you know, it's not good. I won't say that I never use them because I do think that there are circumstances in which a stemless is great, right? If you're outside, it's a windy day, please don't bring a stem outside. You sure. have champagne to the face. Okay. Um, or elsewhere. So stemless is great in that regard. I also, you know, you talked about the tumblers earlier. Mm -hmm. I am known in my family for refusing to put wine glasses on the table for big family dinners like a Thanksgiving and Christmas. Really? Because there's like 15 people, yeah, and we're not washing wine glasses. It's not happening. And then you have like all the reaching across <sighs> mm -hmm. the table. Oh my gosh! So I know there's no wine glasses for that reason. I so thought I was doing something by like putting all the different wine glasses that no one like cares about but me. Yeah, but maybe not because like you said, we're reaching across and we're. I'm a big mm. fan of saving those. Like don't, you don't need a ton. Like get four or you know however. Like if you have two people over at a time, mm -hmm. and you know it's you and whoever. I think four is a really nice amount. I think more than that, like, is, again, like, you don't really need them for huge events. I'm a big fan of, like, the stemless. But hmm. I don't know, Vanessa, are you – do you always use wine glasses? Yeah, I yeah. don't have – I mean, it, I don't have any stemless yeah. at all at home. I, you didn't so, even have to say that. I already like, knew no. that. I just already knew. I could tell yeah. just by, like, the disapproving look on your face that you <laughs> were not a person that would ever <laughs> entertain – anything stemless in well, my house okay get out immediately I, I have a room for my wine do you understand that I had a bedroom and I made it a wine room like this shit is serious for me get out of here with your stemless bullshit that's what what's what that's what's going on in, in Vanessa's mind in my interpretation well, she's got know, a very calm you know mm -hmm. sort of gentle face but I, I inside I feel it I feel the you rage. basically read my internal dialogue yeah, just there but um but it, a stemless glass is great for water how's that oh Wow. Again, with the quotes. Shots fired. <laughs> Stemless glass is great for water. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it changes the temperature. So, like, there is a reason why these have a stem, right? Because if you... If you have your hand wrapped around it, it's gonna it's gonna change the temperature in and the glass. And I did learn that yeah. recently. You're not supposed to be like, "Hello, everyone!" Like, right. And then you it, have like, no you know, choice if it's stemless. It the stem. Yeah. Pause. Off like the you bowl. have some right. sense. Yep. Like you were raised right. Mm -hmm. Like you went on a podcast <laughs> and learned something. <laughs> Got it. You're here. I got it. Hmm. 
Um, yes. So keep your keep your paws off the bowl. Use a stem, uh, <laughs> unless you're me at Thanksgiving, in which case. <laughs> All of this shit goes out. Do the not window. trust these hooligans <laughs> at the table. Amanda's house. Listen, we're drinking it out of mugs. You know, we're drinking it out of like a Starbucks cup. I'm a we're big, just. She's just not dealing with wine glasses. No, so I'm a big fan of the that. Elsa cup that you mentioned yeah, earlier. Yeah, I yeah. think we could trade. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. It, I'm a frozen girl myself. Um, you know, we we have another bottle of red wine. I'm gonna get this open, but Vanessa, because this is a wine club wine that we've been drinking. I do think that we maybe could talk about the Jacques Laurent fruit that we're, we've been enjoying out of our multiple glasses. For sure. So we love finding kind of small producers at Wine Access too. I mean, don't get me wrong. You'll find some of, of the well-known icon brands as well. But yeah, this is a, a smaller producer out of Champagne. Um, Amanda has hinted, but I'm a, like a Champagne fanatic. I love Champagne yeah. as well. Okay, yeah. Yes. So love featuring this. We've, we've had some other Champagnes on the podcast as well, um, particularly in the first episode. But but, um, yeah, just great, lovely, small producer. And then the Bordeaux as well. It's a Poyac, right? Is that what we're it's drinking? Yes. Poyac, yeah. Yes. So wonderful. Well, Amanda's going to think you're going to show how mm-hmm. to open. Mm-hmm. But this is so uh, from the left bank of Bordeaux. Are you a Bordeaux fan? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. (laughs) We're going to find out. (laughs) It's red, right? No, I knew that. I knew enough to know that it's red. But I don't know if I'm a a Bordeaux fan. Well, we're going to find out. But so do you like Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Cabernet Uh, Franc? You like Napa lines, right? You like Napa? I do. I think you know what i'm really trying to think to the wine that our our friend ryan gave me that oh, i had recently i'm when sure I it's came. a bordeaux then <laughs> i'm like 120 like percent like sure a it's a bordeaux and it, like when he's listening to it he's gonna be like what are you talking about you said you have the wine i gave you um yes so if that yes i, okay. I think yes so obviously oh, Bordeaux's in France, <laughs> and then there's there these two, we call it the left bank or the right bank, and it actually is because they're the banks of a river. So there's mm-hmm. the Dordogne yeah. and the uh, Garonne, and they combine forces in the Gironde River, and then that fills in, uh, or spills out into the Atlantic Ocean. Mm-hmm. But so it isn't really the banks of, of, of this river, and so the left bank um, has a number of different communes. Poyac is one of them, and it's one of my, it's sort of, one of the most classic, I think, and elegant on on the left bank, and then there's the right bank, which is a whole different story. But but Bordeaux or the Bordeaux blends are based on those varieties we mentioned, like Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, mm-hmm. Cabernet Franc. So um, and plus a few others. But so if you like Napa, it's not a far stretch to see if you were going to like this wine. Okay. They, can sometimes be a little bit more restrained, but then we've had some more vintages recently, and it's getting a little bit more um, homogenous, I would say. Yeah, well, I think yeah. 2005 is a great example of that. Right? Yeah, it's a yeah. fairly warm vintage. Yeah. So I dug into this a little bit. So this is a 2005 Bordeaux. Uh, I also want to call attention to the fact that when I uh, unsheath the neck, so when I circumcise the top of it, uh, it goes on the second lip, not the first lip. I think you know some people do like to do it in the first lip. I'm a, I, most of your wine professionals will do it on the second lip. This is to prevent dripping. Just want to call that out. It looks cleaner too. It looks cleaner. I'm a, yeah, I like it, and I just use a traditional standard waiter's wine key although this is a very expensive one they should normally be like ten dollars this is like 500 why um, um you know somebody gave it to me it was this titanium I don't oh know. That's very fancy. okay you okay know. expensive well, wine I, key i will say so when i was on the floor as a psalm and you pull a lot of corks like it is really nice to have uh, a nicely it's like a chef's knife right like you want like a nicely weighted you want to feel it sure yeah. yes I do want to feel it. So this is a code 38. If anyone's looking to splurge. Do you have an Osso in your hand? I do have an Osso. This is beautiful, actually. This is less expensive. Look at this. (laughs) 
Okay. Isn't that nice? Very nice. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's our this is like what you would call your waiter's wine key, but this is a very expensive version. I like I the double thing. hinged ones though. Is that double hinged? It's not, but yeah. it's it's so well made that you actually don't need the double hinge. Mm, okay. Like it does so you you usually have the double hinge to give you a little bit more support as you're opening it. Yeah. But this guy is so good that like Well, if your friend who gave thing? it to you has yeah. a spare, I mean I'd be happy to try sure. that at home. Is yeah. that the okay. thing where you okay, what's the thing where you stick it in there and it's turn, turn, no, turn, and then the, the rabbit oh the rabbit well and then it cork shoots up and you're like pop i have wine now what's that called do you that's the rabbit and that's it's just do you want to know that it's the judgment for me it's 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 the it's the complete disdain for anything remotely pedestrian when it's it comes not, to no, wine. It's not that it's pedestrian. You okay. want to know why Napa, why <laughs> wine has this issue, as you call it, this like, oh, everyone has this feeling about Napa. And it's like, <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, girls, but you are just giving like extreme. So, I mean, I'm here for it. But, I mean, you're giving like extremely bougie behavior towards like a wine key. Girls, this is yeah. it's a wine uh, key. It's fair. But, but it opens the yeah, wine. But to be fair, this, this double hinge waiters is like $5.99. This is what I use at home. I, it's I, not fancy. I think okay. my problem isn't actually with the people that are using them. It's with the companies that market them as if they're like... <laughs> The second coming of Christ. <laughs> yes, good good point. What about the things that you put on a and it's like a little like mechanical? What about okay, that? Like, That's very fancy. To That's me, it's very, like, what, like whatever convenient. gets the cork out of the bottle is like, it's fine. Like, yeah. Whatever you want. But I, I've just always felt like the waiter's wine key is so well designed. It's such a good product and it's ten dollars and people overspend. And like that's what yeah. you're it's and not it's the, quick. It's right, really right, fast. Right, right, right. It's but not yeah. the it's not and like it also gives you more control. And like it's not the fact that someone is using it, it's the fact that someone feels like they don't have another option but to spend fifty dollars on something that's completely unnecessary. And that to me is like wine gadgets in a nutshell. Good point. Good and point. I but the thing is for me, like I feel like I do need like some sort of like thing to help guide me because the the amount of times that I've gone to like decork or cork uncork 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 yes mm-hmm. of course uncork a wine and I'm pulling it out and it doesn't even bring the cork out and it's just cork flying everywhere and I'm like now wow. what do I do and I try to fish it out and it's at the bottom of the thing and then my whole night's ruined I so think I Amanda feel like I something that's like about to solve all of your oh, problems okay. right now yes so this is called an also so I this is a 2005, which, you know, 17 years of age doesn't necessarily necessitate the use of an also, but certainly wines that are like 20 years and older. When you put this little worm, right, in the cork, a lot of times they can, the cork will break. So instead, you use what's called an also, which is a double prong or two prong wine opener. And basically, what you do is just, it's it's got slightly uneven sides, right? Look at you can that. see, right? Mm-hmm. These are super cheap. They're like $10. You can get them on Amazon. Um, so you put the longer side in first, and it goes between the cork and the neck of the bottle, and you just kind of slide it down between, and then you kind of pin the other side in the same spot, but on the other side, okay. and then you kind of rock it back and forth like Ariana Grande, <laughs> and move it down, side to side. side to side, and you move it down so it's all the way flush, and then you twist up, and then it comes up in one piece, and oh, so you- that is- Amazing. So oh, very clever. The cork breaking. Wow. So this Isn't is that how awesome? I love that. Older bottles. Older bottles. <gasps> I'm going to mm-hmm. need that. $10, Amazon. I love or it. Or it can be yours. Oh, I know where you're going. Young with bottles. 
because it's TSA approved. So if you're oh. flying commercial, uh-huh. yeah, you can bring it on because I've lost so many corkscrews going through security because I always forget I that it's in have. my bag. I mean, I don't really know anyone who has ever said that to me in my mm-hmm. life. I've mm-hmm. lost so many corkscrews <laughs> to TSA. Well, when you to travel TSA. to Italy as much as Vanessa does. <laughs> so um, you're like, you're just try like, so do you not trust that there's going to be... <laughs> something I, do you to uncork you your have, wine I forget that I, forget that I have them it's it's not even a, I just forget because it's I like always having a lipstick in your yeah. purse for us okay yeah I love just it forget. It's okay. just forget okay always okay. they're ever present in our lives I travel with my own and then what, I what always do we call see it? what's that wine key, wine key. I wine travel key. like have wine key oh we'll this travel. is a, this is an also an yeah. also the double also. yeah the one that I just used yeah here because, see, I thought it was, can you open a beer bottle with this part? Or, oh, no. actually, am I about to, Am I about no, to get kicked can. out? Oh, good. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to be on you guys' bad side. Beer cider, whatever. When it comes about to the, the wine. Okay, yeah, this is very cool. Yeah. Very nice. So that's an also, definitely one of those things that if you're going to be opening older bottles, you should have. There's also something called a Durand, which sort of takes the principles of, or the mechanics of an also and sort of plants them with the wine key and you it's it's both it's like a corkscrew yeah, and an also in one they're super cool they are yeah. super cool there are on the expensive side it's like 125 dollars um which i just i i find a little expensive but whatever it is yeah. it is one of the few wine gadgets <laughs> that i can justify spending money on i'm not a fan of wine gadgets i know some people really love them i find them super unnecessary and again like it goes back to the marketing of things to consumers that you know, I think you just you prey upon people's insecurities, and I don't appreciate that. Mm. So I have feelings about all these things. I, I <laughs> see that. That's very clear. Well, how do you feel about the decanters that are like swirly, loop-de-loop, and like all that? How do we feel about that? Um, I'm, I'm delighted by those. When they are brought out, I was like, look at this. They're fanciful and fun, and I think that's <laughs> I think that's great. I think like the you know the point of decanting is well, there's twofold. One is to remove sediment. To is to open the wine in, in the same way that we did kind of with the champagne earlier. By the way, you're completely out of wine. How did that happen? I mean, I was waiting for you oh to notice, God. TBH. <laughs> um, but I wasn't going to be that guest. I was like, where's my wine? I'm going to go glass? with the tulip. I'm going right. to switch it up, y'all, because I really I really need those bubbles in my life. Look at that. Look at that. Look at the... Beautiful. Vanessa with the glass. She's like, hello, don't forget Thank about you. me. She's like, it's me. It's just so it's just so bubbly and beautiful. <laughs> See, I like that. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I get to have my bubbles and I really mm-hmm. feel like celebratory. I love that for you. Mm. <laughs> what is this thing that I'm feeling when I go in and I kind of, I don't know, maybe just me, I feel like I'm sort of taking it, like I'm breathing in champagne. Yeah. It's CO2. And it's kind of like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like that. What is, yeah. what is that? It's the CO2 just kind of like getting up in your nostrils. Oh, it's, okay. it's like the same thing with like sparkling water sometimes, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing. Um, Not going to stop me. So speaking of decanters, Mm -hmm. we have a 2005, which means this wine is going to have sediment. So this is completely natural. It happens during the course of a wine's life. It's going to start throwing all of these particulates. And, you know, you could eat them and chew them if you wanted, but it's disgusting. They're they're kind of bitter and gritty. You don't don't need that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. So so what you do if you've got an older bottle of wine, and they can start throwing sediment as early as, you know, three to five years, depending on the wine, especially if it's been unfiltered. Mm Mm-hmm. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> Wine puns, you guys. Wine puns. <laughs> you know, like, anyway, so it can it can start throwing it pretty early, but definitely at at 2005, 17 years of age, it's going to start throwing a little bit of sediment. And so there's two things you could do. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll see I've got this wine cradle in front of me. So you, if you're storing your wine in a fridge on on its side, I don't think we talk about the fact that you should 
storied wine. We didn't on say its that. Side. We didn't. What did um, you what did you call this? What is this? So called? this is called a wine cradle. This wine looks like it's like on vacation. It is, like it's it a is very, lounging. It is lounging. It is relaxed. Yes. She's just kind of like here, you know, for the good time, yeah. maybe not a long time, but like, Definitely yeah, it's, it's very, yeah, what is, what is this? This is just another way of sort of presenting wine or, um, no, you said having the wine on the side. Yeah, mm -hmm. so, so normally when you would store wine, you'd want it on its side and that's because you want the cork to be in contact with the wine and you also want the sediment to kind of like lay down on the side. So what you would do is if you were taking it from your wine cellar or your wine fridge, instead of taking it and turning it right side up where all of that sediment that's been collecting on the side would start to get jostled around with the actual wine, mm -hmm. instead of doing that, you just take it directly from the wine fridge and you'd set it down here and you'd do all of the opening and the serving from this actual wine cradle. It's literally like in a lounge chair. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it, it just, you know, <laughs> wine just doesn't, it's very very particular it's very fickle about its life uh -huh. and what it does so it uh -huh. wants to stay laying down same um so if you don't <laughs> right i understand that totally so if you but if you don't have time or you don't have a wine cradle what you're going to want to do is stand that wine up a few days in advance if you can if you can it's no big deal but if mm -hmm. you can stand a wine up a few days in advance you can let all that sediment that's collected fall to the bottom of the bottle and then it's much easier to filter that out hmm. so Decanting. We decant for two reasons. We decant one for sediment, two for air. So in this case, we're kind of doing a little bit of both because this is going to have sediment in it. Um, I'm I'm guessing this wine was maybe in the car, so probably it was in the car. You know, probably had some movement, which yeah, is fine. That's so, a true statement. So for that reason, I brought with me just in case. I brought a little filter. Oh, so look at that! You can use it. You can get a wine filter. You can use cheesecloth. And so what we're going to do is actually pour this wine through this filter into the decanter, mm -hmm. and that's gonna do two things. It's gonna get rid of the sediment, because all that sediment is gonna get caught in this like little mesh net thing right here. And then it's also gonna allow this wine to open up a little bit. So I'm just gonna take this, I'm gonna pour it into the decanter. You don't want it to go too, too fast. Mm -hmm. And then it's gonna, it's gonna open, and it's gonna do lovely things. So air does a lot of things to wine. It, it releases aromas, it softens tannins, it allows the wine to breathe. The only problem with doing this is that there is no reverse button. So you don't want to overdo it. So mm -hmm. I, one of the things that I hear a lot from people is they say, I decanted this wine for eight hours. And I was like, cool, you missed like an entire portion of a wine's life. Um, it's, like, it's like having a baby and being like, I'll see you after college. <laughs> Have fun. No, you have to stay there with it <laughs> and nurture it and like love it. And exactly. yes, I, okay. Exactly. That was going to be my next question was, yeah, how long do you, how long is too long? I think eight hours is too long personally. Sure. Like a whole last day. Some, like there, but this is work day. Yeah. I mean, decanting is a very, it's a very personal thing in terms of time. If you want the wine to be super soft and super open, then yeah, I mean, decant it for like two to three hours, sure. But like for me, I think Vanessa, we've talked about this too. Mm -hmm. I agree. The, the process of a wine opening is a really beautiful one, especially if you've got a nice bottle. I want to see that entire journey. I don't, I don't, I don't want to miss a thing. Yeah. So I want to be there for it. So the, the way that I usually decide whether or not I'm going to decant a bottle in the first place, especially if it's younger, is I, I'll take a little bit of the wine, I'll pour it in the glass, I'll give it a little swirl, and then I'll let it sit for like five minutes. And if I like what the wine has done in that time, I'll decant the wine for maybe 20 to 30 minutes. Wait, wait, say that again. Okay. So if you, you, you put it in and you taste it after how long? So I, I, I take maybe two to three ounces, okay. and I put it in a, in a oh, wine glass, okay, yes, which yes, is yes, kind yes. of a mini version of decanting. Right. I swirl it around, give it a little bit of air, kind of artificially, right? Yeah. 
and I, I'm testing it. I'm testing it to see what air is going to do to that small amount of wine in the hopes that it's going to mimic what it's going to do to the entire bottle. Okay. So I'm going to do that in the glass. I'm going to go back to it. And if I like what it's done, then I might decant it for 20 to 30 minutes. That's the max that I go. Do you go more than that usually? No. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm similar. I, I really, I, I decant right before I'm going to serve it. And yeah. then to your point, like maybe I'll try a little bit earlier, but no, because I don't want to miss anything. And this is for air too. Like I never decant for air. Honestly, because yeah. like this is can serve as yes. your aerator. You yeah. are you're decanting in your glass if you're talking about like serving a red wine. So this is what we're doing when we're at a restaurant and we're like swirling it around like me and you're like pretending to know what you're doing and like you're swirling it around and you're mm-hmm. and then you have a sip of it. Yep. And then you nod approvingly at mm-hmm. the waiter as if you know whether yeah. it's yeah. good or not. You make eye, ca- eye contact and then you nod. Yeah, you're like, mm, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. this is great. Do. Thank you. Yep. It's like, I don't, I don't know. It's, I, I've swirled it around for like a half a second and then swallowed it. Like, what yeah. do I know if it's good or not? But, I, but you're meant to do it in that moment to know. But you yeah. guys are like the wine experts, so you'll know right away. Have you ever, wait, have you ever gotten a bottle or a glass and swirled it and, and been like, oh, no. Uh-huh. Oh no! Take this. Yeah, I'm sure you have, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, I think that sending is sending wine back. I was with Joe. We did that once, <laughs> right? Only once. Well, because I only send it back really if it's there's if it's flawed. Yeah. Is if is the sommelier horrified? Are they just like no? I mean, I quit. Some wines like am, there there are certain I'm flaws done. that can happen, right? So if if there's if the wine is genuinely flawed, they should have no problem. I mean, mm-hmm. no one is going to expect you to drink a wine. Is the sommelier going to taste it and be like, "Let me taste this"? Sometimes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Level. Sometimes they'll take your word for it. Usually, they'll check it, right? Because mm-hmm. sometimes people are wrong. <laughs> um, um, mostly we check yeah. it. Well, we don't necessarily check it to see if. Well, we check it to see if they're wrong or right, but we not for that reason. It's mostly to find out if, uh, one, if the wine is corked, because then we can get credit for that bottle. We can send it back. Mm-hmm. But two, like, sometimes people just don't like the wine. And, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, I, I, there's th- – this is probably an entire episode in and of itself. But the whole reason that someone – here, take some wine. Mm. Um, the whole reason that that little taste is poured for you to begin with is to check for flaws. Yeah. So it's not actually to check to see if you like the wine. It's to yeah. check to see if the wine – is corked or oxidized or has some sort of wine fault. I thought I, it was to see if I, I liked it or not. Don't you think that a lot of sommeliers now, though, they check it first before they even bring they it to the table? Do. Yeah. And I, do and they? I, yes. yes. And I like that. And we always I did, like that, too. We mm-hmm. always did that at press. And the reason we did that was, one, we were dealing with a lot of old Napa Cab, which, you know, a lot most people are not going to have experience with old Napa Cab, right? So they're mm-hmm. not going to know if in five minutes this wine's going to go, you know, it's going to tank. Wait, um, I want to like swirl it around, but I'm worried can. about like audio. Is no. it okay if I do that? Mm, just yeah. pick it up too and just. This is a wine podcast. This is part of it. Oh, this is like very like ASMR. There is wine I'll ASMR. Whisper, I'll whisper yes. into the microphone as well. Because I know you guys like that. She's gonna wait, like, wait, scratch wait, your nails on, on the mic. Hold on, hold on. Listen, listen to this. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That's good. <laughs> Wait, cheers, new wine. Cheers. Oh, I new learned wine. that from you guys. New wine. New wine. Ryan would be so happy to hear that you like this wine. Ooh, this smells great. <gasps> yeah. It's yeah. yummy. Mm. So, okay, so to go back to the, the little ounces poured by the psalm, that is that is to for the guests to check to make sure that the wine is flawed. It's not necessarily to check to make sure that they like it. However, the exception to that rule, which is not really a rule, is 
most of the time, psalms are going to have a conversation with you, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you don't normally blindly pick a wine. They kind of lead you to that choice. Sure. So there is an element of, like, do you like it associated with Mm -hmm. that? Mm -hmm. But traditionally speaking, it's really just to make sure that the wine is flawed. If you don't like the wine, raise your hand. The earlier you do that, the better. Right. And so if, you know, if you say, like, this wine isn't good, then, yeah, the psalm's probably going to check it. One, to make sure that, like, if the wine is corked, then get you the same bottle. But if it's not corked, they're not going to open the same open the same bottle. They're going to they're going to try to figure out what it is you don't like about that wine. But what if it needs a minute to get to the place that I want it to be? Then the psalm will is probably good enough to figure that out. They mm-hmm. say, why don't you give it a, a minute or so? Yes. A good and taste it again and, yes. and, and let me know what you think before yes. I bring you something else. Or no, change the glass or decant it. Right, or go give, give it a, a little quick bit more decant. Air. Right, exactly, okay. yeah. Okay. There's, a few things, there's a few things that you can do, and so that would be more why those psalm would check it, not necessarily to be like, nope, you're wrong, continue to drink the wine. It's more to figure out, like, how can we make this right for you and what exactly is going on? Okay. Mm-hmm. It's, you know what I mean? It's not necessarily like a, a gotcha moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is always uncomfortable, and for that reason, mm-hmm. we always checked the wines at press to make sure that they were sound before they got to the guest. Because I find, as a hospitality person, that's a lot of responsibility for the guest right. to put on oh, them, to yeah. be like, Too much pressure. is this corked? Is it not corked? Most people can't pick up TCA. And people have different sensitivities totally. to it, so someone might not pick it up if it's in a like a low grade. Mm-hmm. But um, but no, I, I totally agree with you. I've never, I've never sent a wine back that wasn't, because it was flawed except for this one time because I would say like Joe and I were at a restaurant that I won't disclose and we <laughs> described very specifically Sizzler. what we wanted. Sizzler is the very restaurant. specifically <laughs> to the producer that Joe we wanted to order. And he like, you know, just was like talked us out of it and really talked up this other wine and we should definitely try it. And it was completely not what we wanted. And so we sent it back and I didn't feel bad about that. I don't think you should. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I think for anyone listening or watching, there's in that, in that instance, absolutely nothing wrong. If you've been talked into a wine that did not Mm -hmm. live up to the expectations or is not what was sold to you. Yeah. Absolutely say something. I mean, we're in the business of pleasing people of, of hospitality. We don't want you to sit there with the bottle of wine that you hate. Like, let's make it right. Most of the time, we can find a, a home for that wine. If you drank half the bottle, that's going to be a little hard to do, <laughs> yeah. right? I so now, do it early. Yeah, I now feel empowered to be like, this is not up to my standards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get it out of my face. Yes. And Boom. I'm going to be like, Vanessa and Amanda taught me that. So and they'll, <laughs> be like, they'll be like, who is who that? I'll be like, yeah. you obviously don't know anything about wine. <laughs> but if you, you don't know who they are and you don't listen to the <laughs> podcast, like, get out of here. I knew I knew this wine was going to be trash. The fact that you don't even know these girls, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that moment. I like that, I like that you've become like our advocate. <laughs> yeah. so, I am. Great. I am. That's Let me great. have some more of this. Um, Please do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, this is delicious. Yummy. This is this is from the left, left bank. You know, it's so interesting. 2005s, I I remember, <laughs> this is going to sound so pretentious, I remember five years ago when they drank so different. Um, <laughs> but they really have, like, come a long way. Like, they're kind of digging into that savory, beautiful. underbelly, mm-hmm. like, uh, I'm going to use the word petrichor for a moment. What now? Um, the who? Pe- it's called petrichor. This is a fun word for your vocabulary. It you sounds like a dinosaur, but it's okay. <laughs> so petrichor, petrichor is the smell of grass after it's rained. The grass after it's rained. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that smell. Yeah, yeah. it's petrichor. P-E-T-R-I-C-H-O-R. Petrichor. 
Yeah. All right. I'm going to use it in, in the your, today. Put it in your pocket. I will. Whip it out. I will. Wait, can I just say, though, this mm-hmm. wine that we have, this Bordeaux that's so beautiful, it wasn't decanted for very long. I no, mean, you just no. poured it, and we just swirled it around and mm-hmm. drank it, and it was already ready. Mm-hmm. It's delicious now, but I think what, we, what will be interesting is in you know, 10, 15 minutes, what it will taste like. And to me, watching that evolution is the beauty of wines like this. Yep. So when I came here for the first time for the um, Blue Note Jazz Festival, I had this wine that Ryan gave me, and he gave it to me, like, he sent it to us years ago, and it sat there, and it sat there, and it sat there, and I would look at it, every, like, occasionally, and be like, oh, yeah, there's a, that wine again, and it's, like, his favorite wine, I'm like, it's it's killing me that I don't know, like, the name of it, but uh, maybe, since you guys know him, you've had it before, because it's his favorite, so I was sort of like, when am I going to have this wine, I kind of forget about it, et cetera, et cetera, so uh, since we were in contact, again, since I did the Florida Reveal, and I was coming to Napa with my girlfriend, I was like, you know what? I'm going to bring this bottle of wine because she loves wine. Um, I can't wait for her to, to hear or watch this podcast, actually, because she'll really get a kick out of it. She knows so much about wine. And I was like, you know what? She'll appreciate this wine. So I brought it. We were trying to figure out how we're going to have this wine. Are we just going to drink it in the room? Da, da, da. Ended up bringing it to the, the Charter Oak. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Great Girl, spot. Let me tell you something. They decanted that wine. I ordered a burger, and I wasn't sure if it was, like, the right thing to order. Because, again, there's that whole feeling of, like, am I mm-hmm. doing the right thing? Because mm-hmm. wine seems so, like, fancy and, you know, the stuff that I don't know about, you know? So I was texting him, and I was like, I, I was like, don't get mad. I'm, like, ordering a burger. He was like, no, no, no. That's perfect. Just don't have anything spicy. So I was like, all right, cool. They decant this wine. I guess maybe it's 20 minutes or so, whatever. When I tell you this wine has literally changed my life it's so good it was so it's a 2000 and he was saying that it was like peaking at that moment Mm -hmm. i don't know what that means that means that it was like the right time the perfect time to have it oh my god it was so beautiful and it was like exactly the kind of red wine that i like where it's not so heavy and intense but it's like light and drinkable and it paired with this burger like you wouldn't believe it was it was truly perfect you know what we call that what your epiphany bottle it was my epiphany bottle Mm -hmm. it totally and i think that was the thing and it was literally just a few months ago it was you know in the in the Mm -hmm. summertime whenever the, the the festival was i i really didn't know and like i said i would enjoy wine and whatever people would suggest i'm like sure of course love champagne love rose but this wine and either way and i told him this i was like if i hate it i'm gonna lie and tell him that I love it because mm-hmm. I know how much it means to him. <laughs> but if I love it even better, and it turns out I, I absolutely loved it. So it really was this like mm. mind blowing moment mm-hmm. of like, wow, this is really what wine can be. Because I think I was just sort of like playing around before and I didn't really know. Yeah. So yeah. That's mm-hmm. we're I think we're both sitting here very jealous. Yes. Because oh. neither of us have an epiphany bottle. Mm-mm. Wait, what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you mean? You did not get to this stage in your life where it's like, mm, when it comes no. to certain wine keys and you don't have an epiphany <laughs> oh, bottle. It doesn't mean we ha- we don't love wine or have bottles that yeah. we are very right. passionate but about. But you haven't had. Well, that's not. I, a lot of people talk about when they got into wine in the first place or they got into the business. It was because of a specific bottle. And I didn't have that. And no. I mean, mm. it didn't happen. So it was for me, it was like a more of a slow burn. Like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. I want to learn more and I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. I didn't have like one bottle that was like, this is, this yeah. is wine, you know? No, yeah. I think I will always remember that moment because it was such a beautiful wine and it was just so perfect. And it, and it was also, it was the right time. 
it was the right place, it was with the right person. Yeah. You know, it was all these things that make it such a like sensual experience to drink wine. So it yes. all came together in a way and you know, it made me appreciate him as someone who loves wine and as a person and as a friend. So it was very like multi-layered, but yes, that was my wine epiphany moment. Love it. Thank I, you for sharing I that. think that's a beautiful story. I I'm want you guys to have your wine epiphany moment well, we can right now, now. Because it's like the on wine, camera. The, the epiphany <laughs> bottle is like in, you know, it's in the early stages of getting yeah. into wine. Mm. I, like Vanessa, it was sort of a slow burn. Like mm. it was a, like it was a deep love that took, you know, months and months and months and years and I had great bottles over that course of time, but there wasn't one particular bottle that I was like, wow, like now I need to know more. Right, And right. that's an, like, that is your epiphany bottle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, are you liking this wine? I am liking it. I okay. do feel like I want to switch back to champagne though. <gasps> so I'm going to do that. I love that. No that. No. But I just, I'm, in, I'm into I didn't the, make the, the wine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No. Um, there's a few questions that we have from the audience that I want to jump into. The uh, audience. The oh, audience no. has questions. Okay, great. Uh, starting sure. with, if I have wine left over in an open bottle, what's the best way to store it for the next day or two? Invite a friend over. But it's like I'm soaking right, right away. Now. What what what's happening? You okay. have some leftover. <laughs> <laughs> this, this question always confounds Vanessa. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I would like. Yeah, that's actually a good question for me too, because I'm always like, well, we had a couple of glasses, but I'm not a I'm not around. Excuse me, wine drinkers like that. So yeah. there is, you know, there's some leftover, which I hate, but. Okay, so I brought props just for the occasion. Oh, good. Right. We so love a prop. Depends on what you're drinking, but I will say there's there's two, there's two three options. The one thing that you can do if you have no gadgets whatsoever, so one thing you can do is put the cork in it and get it in the fridge. Um, so basically what's happening, your wine goes bad through a process of oxidation. Oxidation is a chemical reaction. We can slow chemical reactions by cooling them down. Mm. So you put it in the fridge, it will extend the life of your wine for a little while, so just put the cork back in. That's the simplest, easiest, don't need to buy anything solution. Second solution is something called a repour. Um, these are great. This is, these, here, I'm showing them on camera, but this is the repour wine savers. I love these. These just go in the top of your wine. They sort of absorb the oxygen from the top of the bottle, allegedly also from within. It, in it's, the in a, it's a stopper? Yeah, mm -hmm. so on the inside it looks like a, it looks like a silica gel that you would find yeah. in like beef jerky. Um, <laughs> And that will extend your wine's life by a few weeks. The other option that you could get, and it does take a little bit of forethought, is getting a Coravin system. And I think Coravin has changed the game for a lot mm -hmm. of wine people. In fact, if you're someone that wants to drink great wine at home, it sounds like you do, but you don't want to drink the whole bottle, mm -hmm. Coravin is a great option. So you've got a few different options for that. You've got like the pivot system here, which means you're going to actually pull the cork out of the bottle. You're going to place it with their own like stopper. And in this in this here is something called argon. So it's argon gas, it's a neutral gas. It's heavier than oxygen. It's gonna replace the wine that's poured out of it. Mm -hmm. And then it's, it's gonna keep the wine fresh. So it's gonna prevent any oxygen from hitting the wine. So this is the pivot system. The more sophisticated system is their original system where a needle, I'm gonna grab it here. Mm -hmm. A needle, this is, this is it here. So a, a surgical needle, surgical Good grade needle. Brief. Yeah, actually goes through the top of, here. It's gonna what? go through, so you can see the needle here. Okay. It's gonna clamp onto the actual bottle, uh -huh. and then the needle's gonna go into the actual cork, okay. and so you're never gonna take the cork out like we just did. And it's gonna pull the wine out using a pressurized system. Again, it's gonna be replaced with oxygen, but it's gonna keep it fresh for months to even years. Really? Yeah. But you still have to have it in a, a temperature-controlled mm -hmm. environment, yes. ideally. Yeah. Your fridge is fine. 
You can if put it, will, it in your fridge. Okay. If it will take, like the, because we talked about how wine fridges are often not like designed the greatest. Mm-hmm. And that thing on top, I mean, it's creating no, like no, no, a no, bulkiness. No, no, no. no? This, go- this goes, comes right off. Oh. So all you're going to be left with is the wine and the cork. And the cork isn't Oh, shit. So you're recorking. You're not even uncorking. It doesn't, the cork, the cork never, never comes out. The cork yeah. never leaves. Yeah. So this surgical needle goes inside of the cork. It pulls it out right the wine. Through. Yep. And then it replaces it with argon, like simultaneously. Give me this thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I came into this being like, they're going to talk about decanters and gadgets, and I'm just going to be like, mm-hmm, whatever you say. But I'm <laughs> genuinely like, I'm fascinated by this whole yes. thing. So they also make a champagne version of that. Uh, it's a very different system, but a giant okay. bouchon goes on the top of this. This is a CO2 injector. CO2 a, di- a giant what goes on top of it? Was uh, that word you said? Bouchon. Bouchon, like the restaurant? Yes. Mm-hmm. In exactly. Yorkville? Is that what it's called Yontville. up here? Uh, Yonville. Yonville. Yorkville? Yes. What is that? Yonville. Sorry. Yeah. Bouchon. Love your restaurant. Yeah. Um. <laughs> this is a very giant version of a bouchon. Is that what they're named after? Yes. It's the hat, right? Yeah. It's a, the, just oh, isn't, it, isn't it? Is it like a, isn't the the bouchon? I like always thought it was named after the champagne cork. I don't know. Well, I don't know. Let's call Thomas. Okay. We're going to we're gonna <laughs> find out. Someone has his number, right? Hey, dummy. <laughs> Very casual. So those are your options. Let's just call um, Thomas. Like, you guys are, like, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm in bougie heaven right now. Somebody call Thomas. <laughs> yeah, I don't actually have his number. No, I don't. I do not yeah. have his number. <laughs> I, we, we don't For the record. Yeah. Thomas. We, we don't. Uh, question no. number two. I'm going to tag him when I post about this, <laughs> and he'll be like, actually, ladies. Yeah. PR person like, uh, is it super not classy to just pull off, uh, pull a foil off of a bottle instead of cutting it? Foil. A foil. So oh, the yeah. So just yanking it. I actually have no issue with this. I have no issue. Um, Use uh, your teeth. Mm-mm. Get dirty. Yeah. The only thing Get that I always grimy. that not offensive that I, I find. Uh, just doesn't work it's like when some people just put the whole like use the rabbit and just stick it through the foil no, like, yeah no no take no take the foil off i have to be honest with way. you you keep saying the rabbit and i think you're talking about the vibrator i know you are <laughs> i see it in your i see it in your face every time it happens i'm like hee 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 did goes, we mm-hmm. say this was a wine podcast <laughs> yes. but have you heard of the womanizer you're talking about the wine oh but yes the yes 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 the uh, the tool to uncork yes not the vibrator Mm-mm. No, mm-hmm. different but podcasts for a different that. day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> different different people, perhaps. I'm not sure. Uh, so yeah, no, I have no issue with that. It's is it not classy? Like, no. Would would I do it at a restaurant? Absolutely not. But if you're at home, like, yeah, like, yeah who cares? Unsheath it. I don't care. Do what mm-hmm. you gotta do. If you're at home, but don't do it in public, you yeah. barbarian. <laughs> well, no, it's just like if you're at a restaurant and a som does that, like, yeah, no. maybe don't order the hundred dollar bottle. Mm. You know, okay, maybe the twenty dollar bottle. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. Um, when I have dinner parties, should I be serving my guests or have them pour their own wine? Oh, that's a good question. Also, should I keep my white wines in the fridge during the party or in a tabletop wine chiller? This is a multifaceted question. Yeah. Um, I It depends on the party. I am a big fan of serving my guests. I w- always want to make, even though I've done a terrible job at doing that for you today, I do like to make sure that everyone is poured appropriately. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about that? You I think it depends on the guests, right? Because yeah. I, I agree if I think, I mean, I really like to make people feel welcome and be hospitable and serve yeah. them. But then there are certain friends that I've known so long that it's just like, you know, yeah. country rules, like serve yourself. I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not pouring your wine the, for you. What is the appropriate amount of wine to pour? Because I've never Ooh. seen anyone pour like a full glass, maybe a champagne or something. Mm-hmm. But like, what is the appropriate amount of wine to put in a glass? Half? 
it well so it can I, breathe it has the I, space to breathe I think the for, oxygen for whites and champagnes it's like three to four ounces for mm-hmm, me because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, more than that it's gonna warm up i don't know how much that is oh. by looking at it you gotta well, tell me a, like so, you know okay, half, so maybe let's say a like quarter, a quarter let's say like quarters. a quarter a quarter, a quarter okay a third okay mm-hmm. um is is appropriate half is Half is, I think, okay for red wine, but for white wine, which is going to warm up a little bit faster. And it makes it hard to, if you do want to swirl yeah. it, the fuller the glass, it's going to end up like on your lap or, yes. you know, okay. you put your nose in the glass, it's going to go right up your nose. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> if you were to fill to the top, that's called a country club pour. We don't do that. A country club mm-hmm. pour. Yeah. Yes. Get that money's worth. Um, Get on that golf course. <laughs> Make those deals happen, honey. Yes. Very good. Uh, in terms of keeping it in the fridge, I think... Tabletop wine chiller or just out on the table is fine. That's fine. Yeah. Tabletop wine yeah. chiller. Yeah. So this is some or sort just of on the table device. Or just on the or table. Give it a lounge chair. Give it a hammock. <laughs> give it <laughs> the give wine it a, cradle. Give it a place to just yeah. kind of like relax itself and like so, so versatile. Let go mm-hmm. of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, treat it nicely. Is it weird if I serve my red wines first before white wines? Nope. No. Nope. There's no order. Totally fine. Mm-mm. The order is whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, should I warm up my wine glass with my hands if it's too cold? Sure. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay I with do that. that. Wait, mm-hmm. wait. Huh? So like, this wine glass is too cold. Let me just... Well, sometimes whites can be... So my the colder wine drinking hands and warm it up so it's appropriate <laughs> for, like, how do I... Come on now. How do I know whether it's, like, it's this wine is too... Well, if I'm you guys, I will, well, I so will know immediately. I think sometimes people, white wine can be too cold. So, like, if you pour your white wine and the glass frosts up, Mm-hmm. probably too cold <laughs> right okay. so like so you can't i've done this i like will cu- cup it mm-hmm. in my exactly what i told you not to do with the yes. stemless glass i do that so i'll put okay. like both of my hands around and kind of swirl around and try to w- warm it up because if it's that cold it's really going to be muted you're not going to get the full experience of the aromas and the flavors when it's that cold okay that's good to know because i i love like during the summer like a cold cold white wine and some like oysters like that's you know what if that's what you like then do it i think you know this person was saying if i think it's too cold is it wrong to do that right yeah drink drink it the way you like drink it the temperature you like I think it's yeah. really fine. I, like Vanessa said, it's like a martini, right? You shake it super, super cold so you're not really tasting the vodka. Mm. Right? Is that the idea behind the shaking of it? Well, and it gets more viscous, but yeah. I don't so, know what that word means. Uh, like the liquid gets thicker. Okay. Like the, So if you put vodka in the freezer and, like, if you, and you pour it, like mm-hmm. you'll notice like it pours yeah. a little slower. Yes. So it gets more viscous, but it's also because it, it mutes the flavor. So mm. the colder you get a wine, the less you're going to taste it. So if you, have a, you can drink more of it. Now too. Got if it. you have a crappy wine, get it cold. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it won't taste so bad. Mm-hmm. How do I hold my glass without looking dumb? I think we've sort of covered like this. this. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're good. Whatever you'd like. like mm-hmm. um, is, how you hold it. is there anything I can do with my wine if it is over the hill or court? Fortunately, no. no. As a person over 40, I'm offended by that question. <laughs> Noted. Yeah. Do you are do you consider yourself over the hill though? Because I, I wouldn't. don't. I don't either. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like I'm like at the top of the hill. Like waving my hands at all the peasants that are at I the bottom of the still hill. Like, I think you're still it's on your way up, right? Like, I don't. I'm. Think I'm. I'm. I have. Oh my God! I haven't peaked yet. No. I'm just like a young little baby wine. Yeah. I haven't peaked yet. You're 44. You're not even close. Love it. Yeah. I think Martha Stewart like hit her stride at like 60, right? Yeah. And then she went to jail. So like. That <laughs> another episode that is another episode Different i really show. love that that's a part of her story and she's still so beloved and like who like wait just just real quick just the fact that she sort of like pivoted her brand and was like i'm gonna partner with snoop dogg Amazing. on a show and in commercials and in other things it's like let me yeah. i mean i don't know 
embrace that, it. it let me just embrace it i mean i don't know that snoop's ever been to jail i mean i feel like there was a part because snoop had that murder trial or whatever but like actually hmm. she's been to jail and snoop hasn't think about that okay just did. just think about and it that's amazing yeah. for all of them mm-hmm. involved <laughs> i'm a big fan of martha stewart uh i'm gonna make her cry wow <sighs> and you're gonna be there because of wine glasses. <laughs> uh, yes. Unfortunately, if your wine is over the hill, mm-hmm. uh, nothing you can do. There's no turning back the clock. And then if it if it is, in fact, corks, also nothing you can do. To Down continue. the drain. Down the drain. Nothing you can do. Or return to the store. Mm-hmm. Right. If it's from Wine Access, give them a call. How do you know when it's over the hill? Um, it will smell like port. If you mm-hmm. know what that smells like. It'll smell like really? it's too, like, raisiny. Raisiny. Yeah. Or like... Um, or- there's sometimes I've had wine that tastes very like vinegar, like it tastes oh, very that's like definitely it's, it's like clearly <laughs> like this is not okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then corks will smell like uh, wet newspaper, wet cork cardboard, or like grandma's basement. Mm. Um, any other telltale signs of like over the hill or corked? No, I think I think sometimes over the hill too. And, it, and some people, this is like a rabbit hole because some people like really old wines. Yep. But I think it, if there's no fruit left, if it's just all savory. Sometimes that's considered over the hill, but again, I know some people who like wines like that. So, yeah, but but usually, like as a wine ages, the fruit starts to recede, the mm-hmm. f- fruit character and the more earthy yeah. notes will emerge. And if it's just all earth and there's no fruit, usually it's like, ah, eh, it's probably you've waited too long. On that note, you drank most of your champagne. Vanessa Yee. is pretty much out. I'm mostly out mm-hmm. um which means it's time for dinner so yep. uh if you are drinking at home and you're not out of your champagne uh that means that we maybe didn't do a great job no. so we'll have to try harder i don't know <laughs> um, or maybe that's guys on we killed <laughs> this podcast we <laughs> killed this podcast don't worry we about killed it. it we mm-hmm. killed it uh hopefully for those of you who are part of the wine access unfiltered wine club you loved the jacques laurent champagne that was in your club this shipment we are having so much fun with that Vanessa and I mm-hmm. on Slack mm-hmm. go back and forth about what is what are we going to send this month mm-hmm. um, so if you're not if you're not part of that please do join it's super fun we select the wines there's it's stuff that we drink all the time yep. so if you like what we drink, then you'll like what's in the box. Um, also, just a reminder, like, subscribe, review. It's a thing. <laughs> I'll say it again. Uh, and as always, thank you so much for being with us wherever you are, whether that's on Spotify or Apple or on YouTube. And a very, very special thanks to Miss Nia Rainey Hill for being here. This is how you Did you have fun? I had the best time. Yay. Thank you so thank much. You so thank much. you. This was amazing. This thank was you. So this fun. was really fun. All right. Well, cheers to everybody. This cheers. podcast was produced cheers. by Chappie Cottrell and hosted by yes. myself and Vanessa Conlon. See you all next time. Cheers. Cheers. Bye.